I need you to listen to this for me. Like we're friends, and and I feel like this could really help you if you listen to this podcast episode. She read some Harry Potter fan fiction, and that's not that's not clean stuff. I know what goes on on those websites. Like they'll give somebody like a three piece suit and a pocket watch or something, and you're like, what do you mean? This is his new look. How could that be his new look? You know, someone turns a corner to their cat, and the cat says, "Well, ha!" Like a southern gentleman, and I love that. Hello, and welcome to People You May Know. Today, my guest is Jeff, aka the Stray. And I know my group chat friends are listening. Like, who the hell is Jeff? This is bullshit. Yeah, he's my first guest who's not in the group chat. Oh my God. What am I thinking? I'm like so out there right now. It had to happen at some point. We talked about a lot of really fun things that you'll hear in a moment. One of which is Queer Eye, the reboot of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. So I just wanted to talk a bit about the original Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. If you have any interest, you can watch terrible quality episodes on YouTube. I think there's a playlist of all 83 episodes or whatever. So you really can get the full experience. I feel like there's maybe less forced camaraderie. It feels a little more clear on that one that certain people are more antisocial and that some of the hosts get along with each other more than some of the other hosts I know Tom Felicia was my favorite. He's the interior designer and he's just fucking unbelievably good at it. And he's also very funny. So he would have been my favorite, even if he sucked at interior design. But I feel like on this current version of Queer Eye, all the guys love each other. It's a constant like, we are hugging, we are bonding, we are laughing, like we're BFFs. And that cannot be true. That cannot be true. Maybe if they weren't like a boy band, just random people thrown together, because I'm pretty sure that's what it is, right? They just picked different guys to do this. There weren't like established friends who were like, hey, we happen to have these different skills that might be pretty good for a makeover show. No, they didn't know each other before. So just some of the we're best friends-ness to it is a little false to me. Some of the hosts are like a little less necessary than others. Like clearly on the makeover show, the interior designer and the fashion dude are very important. You need these people. Also the guy who teaches about grooming, very important to get the hair and beard right for these guys. But the chef, we kind of need him. I mean, to teach someone the skill of cooking, I think it's, it's everyone should know how to cook dinner for yourself and how to use herbs and spices, but some of the things that they want you to do in both versions of the show are not practical. These are not like going to change your day-to-day life. So something that they did on the original show that haunts me was they had a guy cook lobster and the chef explained to him how to kill the lobster quickly and painlessly by stabbing a knife through its head and of course oh so funny when the guy does it himself on the show (laughs) oh he's torturing the lobster he's not good at it (laughs) that's the kind of thing that can make me stop watching a show forever so I am glad that was their only lobster episode and somehow I stuck with the show after that, but it truly does haunt me. And I would never, ever, ever, ever watch that part again. But yeah, someone doesn't need to really know how to cook lobster anyway. That's not really, how often are you going to do that? I think this is going to be the one time in your whole life that you do that. Yeah, I think we can let him just not know how to cook lobster. It's fine. Teach him how to make a fucking sandwich. That like, oh, well, you bring out all the flavors by using certain 
ingredients. That might be something like every day he may use this skill. How to stab a lobster in the head, like not, not a skill anyone needs. Certainly not, not these randos who are wearing overalls without a t-shirt under them every day. The other unnecessary member of the Fab Five is the culture guy. I actually don't fully understand what his role is in the in the reboot. I think it's less culture and more emotion. I think if they just had a therapist, that would maybe make more sense. But in the first version of the show, they didn't fucking know what culture meant either. And it usually meant that the culture guy would just go in their house and like look through their CDs and be like, this CD sucks. Get a different CD. But one of the things that I really loved about the first version of the show was that Carson Kressley would be intentionally overly affectionate with the participants. It's like he was a one-man army trying to combat homophobia through exposure therapy. He was like, you will be groped by a gay man and you will learn to like it. And it and it generally did work. I don't know. I thought it was kind of a cool, like, in your face, like, you can't be distanced from this experience. Like, I, I do think the show isn't just about the makeover. It's also about teaching people that gay people are valid and can bring value to your life. And you'll love being around them just as much as you love being around anyone else you know. And I just think it's really cool how they've taken that on. And and like I said, Carson Kressley was just like so brave and bold in a way that I think was challenging for some of the participants initially, but really helped them grow in a deeper human way. So yeah, I mean, definitely consider watching the original version if you haven't. I remember being so touched by so many episodes, just like crying some of the people they chose just really really needed it they were not happy in their lives they'd they'd been through such hardship or even if it was just a mental health hardship in their own head of how they were living a way they didn't want to be living or looking away they didn't want to be looking and these guys were able to change their life with a what you call a makeover so If you like the current version, you'd probably like the old one. Any fucking way, welcome to the show. So I want to start by talking about how we know each other. Do you want to explain how we met? Uh, I can't. I don't remember. (laughs) 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 Was it the uh, Earwolf forums? I think it was just Tumblr. Maybe. Okay. I don't know why. I I feel like we met on Tumblr. But what, how, what, why, I don't know. I don't recall that. But I know that you used to make really awesome art. And, well, sometimes you would do stuff for Earwolf shows. So maybe that was how I found it initially, like through an Earwolf hashtag or something. Possibly, yeah. It all (laughs) melts together. Yes. And there's really no reason to remember. But basically, we have been friends from the internet for a very long time. I don't know how long that's been either, but I would say at least seven years, but probably even longer than that. (laughs) Yeah. So first, because we did meet on Tumblr, I want to ask you some Tumblr related questions. Okay. (laughs) What was the weirdest blog you followed on Tumblr? Oh man, let's see. I haven't been on Tumblr in so long. <laughs> yeah. Weirdest blog. Ooh, I, I don't have a good answer. <laughs> no, that's okay. And you can take your time and think about if there's anything. Because I'll tell you mine. And okay. it was not followed because of the weirdness. It just like turned into that. Mm-hmm. It was someone who would always post photoshopped images of 
Michael Jackson and Christina Aguilera <laughs> as though they were friends. So it was like a reimagining. <laughs> what if they were friends? And I'm not even kidding. It was like all she would post. But I followed her initially because she was like a fitness blogger or whatever. But then she turned into that. <laughs> it was like, okay. Huh. <laughs> I, I remember, I remember one. <laughs> it was, it was something called like, I review your dick pic. <laughs> and people would send this person dick pics and she'd write reviews of them and, and oh it was god. hilarious i had to see a lot of dicks but it was worth it for the comedy oh my god that's amazing and that's so now i get like what people are so sad about them taking porn off of tumblr that means right. things like that can't exist there either exactly I never enjoyed the porn part. I, I didn't get into that um, in general. I would just get the like, so someone new is following you. And you're like, oh, <laughs> porn. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Some of them were so funny too. Like if you'd click on the blog and they would say like, Natalie, think about you during sex, not boyfriend or something. And you're like, who the fuck made right. this? <laughs> but that's me. They got me. That was my kink. So. Hey. Started following that no one. shaming. <laughs> How about any normal blog you followed that turned into a porn blog? Did you ever have that? No, I haven't had that. That would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> have you had that now, even like with Instagram, where you have someone who you're following and suddenly they go, oh, I have an OnlyFans now. And you're like, oh, yeah. this is an opportunity. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. There's been a couple of those. It, I definitely see where in a way it's like, oh, that's kind of exciting because this is this person that I know in this other way. It's yeah. almost like when people draw like Scooby-Doo characters naked or something. You're like, oh, I'm never... wow. Marge Simpson. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh, she's having sex with Bart. That's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some, some unexpected stuff can come up for sure. But you never know. You may just like it. It may just be your thing. But but in a way, it's also like, I'm pretty sure on OnlyFans, they know who is following them, correct? I, I don't really know. But I assume that they're aware. Like, if you're a friend of theirs, they know, oh, my friend is subscribing and viewing my naked pics. No, it's all like, it's random. Like, so unless you set what your username is it'll just be some random like ud04 blah 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 no picture or anything so oh so you can get away with it i don't okay. know how i know that I, that's what i've heard <laughs> i mean <laughs> you uh, just checking out wikipedia one day just yeah. let it i let it show me a random explanation of something it shows only man what can i say i really hate the name i always want to say fans only but fans only wouldn't be good either. But OnlyFans is totally nuts to me. <laughs> like, just oh. doesn't roll off the tongue. Feels feels backwards. Do you remember any very good or very bad anon messages that you ever received on Tumblr? One of my favorite messages, I, I guess, is very bad. Is I made a joke about how sandwich artists at Subway are not real artists. Yes. And someone wrote me like this really angry long paragraph, like, how dare you say they're not real artists if they have passion and blah. I'm like, dude, they're just putting a sandwich together. <laughs> Chill out. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think they have passion. I think right. you're maybe misled as to why they're making these sandwiches. It's not like a pull that they right. have. That avocado was not a creative choice. I told them to put that on there. <laughs> Yeah, that's hilarious. And I sometimes there are things that are so bizarre like that, that. You go, is it possible that this person is being sincere or are they just very, very good at trolling? Yeah. But I mean, it's definitely possible they're sincere because there's all manner of fucking psychos out there. Right. But I also hope that there are some people fighting the good fight for fun trolling <laughs> like that. <laughs> that's enjoyable because I did laugh. 
<laughs> yes, because that's not something that's going to upset you. Yeah, that, that doesn't ruin my day. Yeah, anything that's going to ruin your day, make you sincerely upset. I really, really dislike that tendency for people to go, oh, <laughs> I'm just upsetting people. But something like that, I'm convincing someone. Like, I don't know if you saw this recently, but there was like a series of Instagram posts where someone rated the attractiveness level of their friends. No, I did not. <laughs> they wrote about how their girlfriend broke up with them because of it, because they'd written, she's not the cutest. I'm definitely not with her because of her looks, but she's got a good personality. <laughs> <laughs> And I really just don't know if it's a fake account or not. I'm hoping that they're that convincing and it's fake because that would be just so much fun. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you said that you want to talk about Queer Eye. It's not called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy anymore, right? It's just right. Queer Eye? Just Queer Eye. Okay. It's not all straight guys anymore. They, you know, they do women and transgender people, everything. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, so do you love this show or do you kind of have a like love hate or I passionately love Queer Eye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for each new season. Like what what I've figured out about why I love Queer Eye is like when you're a kid you have, you know, Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street and these things that are just purely positive. And when mm -hmm. you're an adult, everything is just drama and like Man, this is fucked up. True. Walter White is fucking everything up. <laughs> so, That's like, true. as a adult, you know, like, you watch Queer Eyes, like, this is only good. It's all wholesome. There's nothing, no drama, no tension. It's just, yay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Who is your favorite host? I like JVN. I started watching because of JVN because. I was okay. familiar with him from a uh, Gay of Thrones. And yes. I was like, "Oh, he's going to be on this? That's cool." So I watched and I, I love him and uh I love Tan France too. Like I'm a I'm a little fashionista myself. So <laughs> So did you ever change favorites like over different seasons? I think Bobby has grown on me a lot more mm -hmm. over the seasons. I like when they have like a a religious episode and he gets kind of deep and you know with this past yeah and stuff, and I'm like oh bobby's got layers i do like when they tell you more about stuff like that i i have that too like with i liked um jvn is always my favorite but then there's other people who slip into different positions so anthony i liked initially in the first season i i liked him but like sort of by the end i was like wow he's really bad at this like <laughs> That he's like having this like country dude or whatever. It's like make a cucumber salad with just <laughs> cucumber and feta for your right. 50 guests or whatever. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> no, don't teach him how to make that. It probably doesn't even taste that good. <laughs> like, Seems all right. Yeah, but I like when things are more tailored to the people. So it's like now they're doing that a bit more where it's like, what do you like? Oh, you normally right. make these shitty margaritas i'll teach you how to make other margaritas or whatever yeah. um but so anthony's definitely slipped for me but he cries so much and mm -hmm. i can't decide if it's all sincere because i know he had like a fucked up childhood so i could see where he just has a lot of um emotion but it's you know it's hard to tell sometimes and then bobby I think in like the second season, I started liking him more. I think I got more of a sense of his personality. And then this most recent season, I liked Tan more because I never really liked him. He maybe had like a vibe that I'm not crazy about, but I felt, I felt like he was a lot more likable for me in this last season. So I'm assuming everyone's going to have their season for me. <laughs> they yeah. just come out. It is interesting. Like, did you ever watch the original series? A little bit. I like I probably watched a couple episodes when it was on back in the day. Okay, yeah, cuz I don't think I watched it when it was on originally, at least not completely. And then I watched the whole series somewhere. It was available somewhere and I watched all of it and it's it's really 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 good. There's so many good episodes, but the fashion person Carson on the first series is like, wow, he he has interesting taste in clothing. It's like when he dresses people, you're like, I 
don't know if this should be their look. Right. <laughs> it's like these like white pants with a, you know, bright colored belt and like a, a tucked in, like completely tucked in button up that has pineapples on it or something. <laughs> like not that that couldn't be good, but it, it wasn't, you know, it was like, right. there's a way for that to be good. And there's a way that it's not. <laughs> yeah. That's what I like about tan and like, it's tasteful and it's, Geared yeah. to who they are, and they're not looking like they're trying to be a runway model at the end of it. It's just like, oh, right, you look terrible. Here's like a presentable <laughs> version of what you already wear. There are obviously some tropes on Queer Eye that are just common. The French tuck is a yeah. big one, they love to do the French tuck, the disappointing meals we've talked about. Some forced emotion for me, sometimes the, mo- the emotion feels like, are you really? is this really an an issue for you? Like, I I feel like a lot of episodes have like a, where they have like Karamo go stand in front of a statue and just look like, wow, this is like big or whatever. You can't be moved by everything. So I think that's a funny thing about the show. I think Bobby can be, can be a little, I think any of them can be boring except JVN. Mm -hmm. He's never boring. He's hilarious. But my favorite thing that he said on this current season was um, when he asked someone to hold his little baby hand. (laughs) (laughs) Hold my little little, baby hand. Little baby moment. (laughs) It's so (laughs) fucking funny. (laughs) What the fuck was I just going to say? Oh, I was going to ask you if you watched the one where they went to, I think it was Japan. Yeah. Yeah, you did watch that season? That, That was great. It wasn't because that was the only one I didn't watch. I started watching like I think I got like two minutes in and it was sometimes I can't do subtitles and I, and sometimes I can. I have to really prepare for it. So I was like, I can't do this <laughs> right they now. They did a, a interesting way where they edited. So like the person speaking Japanese and then they're speaking back to them in English. They like cut out the translation. So Okay, so I'll have to try that out. So what, was anything, like, different about that, or was just purely the same, just a different location, like any other season? Uh, it was um, it was mostly the same, but you get into kind of, the, like, the cultural differences between America and Japan. Like, they had one uh, guy that was gay in Japan, and how that's different, and how it's harder to be out in Japan. So they, you know, went over stuff like that. That's very cool. That's interesting to learn about for sure. Right. And they have like smaller spaces too. So. Oh, okay. Very different for, you know, Bobby to work out how to transform these tiny little places. I didn't think about stuff like that. Yeah. That'd be quite a challenge. I have a question for you. Like, would you want to be made over by Queer Eye? I... (laughs) For me, I don't think I would. I like just in general don't like too much attention. Like even when I thought about like, you know, I got married at a courthouse or whatever and didn't invite anybody except my brother and my parents. And I because I like the thought of like when people get dressed up and you walk down the aisle and people are looking at you. And I just feel like the makeover show is another version of that. Like it just seems awkward. So I don't know that I would want that element of it. But even if it were like a secret thing where no one saw it. It still just feels like it would be uncomfortable to me. I don't know. <laughs> what about you? I like, I want the aspect of where they like make me cry. <laughs> from my feelings. I want that. But like, as far as my wardrobe and my home and all that, like I'm already very picky and I have my own specific taste. I yeah. want them to buy me stuff that I, that I yeah. want already. Like, Yeah, please, Bobby, spend like, thousands of dollars on new furniture for me but I have to pick it out (laughs) (laughs) right yeah the home aspect is pretty cool I like even just like having them paint your house instead of you having to do it like that'd be nice (laughs) but yeah I'm like somewhat particular too but I I would they seem like they generally pick stuff that's like fairly neutral Mm -hmm. so I just about anything they've picked for people on the show, I would probably like in some way, even if I had to change things up a little bit. So I, yeah, I think that part would be 
would be pretty good. Um, JVN hair, like he's so good. And usually he passes it off to other people to do. It seems like he has other hairstylists in the area do it. But whenever he does do it, it's like, he's just like insanely talented. So that part would be cool too. That's the other thing I was thinking. Oh, <laughs> you want them to make you cry. Yes. <laughs> just like wondering. So wait, have you ever had a therapist? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've gone to uh, therapy a couple times. It gets expensive, so I'm like, you know, I'll just deal with my problems. You know? <laughs> I'll just feel bad. It's all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can handle this right Save now. Somebody. I already have my <laughs> shitty coping skills right. that I use. <laughs> I'll pet my dog. <laughs> yeah, just sleep all day, whatever. <laughs> So when you went to therapy, did you find it like, did you get that experience of like catharsis where they made you cry or were you just kind of like, eh? no, it was good, but it was just more like, oh, hey, yeah, I guess you're right about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I wonder about the um, like online therapy stuff. Like if you do, if it's just as good, I know some of them are over video, I guess. So that would be like fairly similar, but I like considered signing up for one of those ones. And I really, I feel like they should always tell you the price of everything before you go through a whole process. Yeah. <laughs> I know they think, oh, you'll be reeled in. Like by the time you answer all these questions, you'll go, oh, I'll just pay. But like, no, that's not the reality. People just don't always have the money to pay. And I think it ended up being, I think it said it was 320 a month. Mm. And I was oh. like, that is insane sane for better help i think it was yeah i did uh the like free trial of that oh okay and like it was cool i like you like chat with them and like i don't like talking to people that much so i'm like that's cool <laughs> <laughs> so wait so you liked that though yeah i didn't mind the chatting oh okay yeah it's um it's actually very weird how talking to people can be uncomfortable and something that I avoid at all costs, but then I start a podcast to do right. it. Like, I don't get why that's different, <laughs> but it's just, it's different. I don't know. You love your dog. Yes. I think you love dogs in general, but you really love your dog. <laughs> so much, so much. Hold on. Come here. I'm a, your listeners won't see this, but I'm going to show them to you. Okay. Come here, baby. Ooh. Hi, Luca. <laughs> I don't recognize video screens. <laughs> I, what is that about? I don't that know. animals can't see that. Like, <laughs> yeah. it really cracks me up. Like, because I do Zoom calls with like therapy clients, and one kid will always have her cat with her. So <laughs> one day I'm just like calling her cat's name, and the cat starts like going. <laughs> looking around but cannot see the video screen at all but it was like so funny to see it react to me but not can't see me they're like little yeah. vampires yeah i love that little baby yeah he's so cute <laughs> and how long have you had him now how old is he uh he's gonna be eight years old by the end of this uh, year whoa so have you had you've had him since he was a puppy right mm-hmm wow yep. Okay, so I have known you longer than eight what? years because oh, I, wow, yeah. yeah, I definitely you was. Know me wow. <laughs> yeah, wow, the origin story. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have a checklist for what I think might apply to obsessive dog owners. Okay. And I want to see if you have any of these things. Okay. Dog clothes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> dog hat or glasses or anything that they're not going to realistically wear for any length of time, but you had to buy it because it would look cute on them. Uh, yeah, I did have a little elf hat that I put on them one Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's Adorable. Somewhere. He was like, no, get that off my head. <laughs> I don't do hats. That's the best. I love any animal pawing something off of themselves. Like, I don't want this. It's really though any other clothes he he loves to put on a sweater or a jacket okay. or anything like if I pull it out he's like yes he puts his paws up like yeah put that on me how cute <laughs> yeah I know some animals really like clothing 
and others don't. It's like so interesting to me. I had a friend who had a cat who loved being dressed up. I didn't think any of them liked clothes, (laughs) but she said her cat would wear little dresses and stuff and just loved it. Uh, I once put a little jacket on my cat (laughs) and it stood up on its hind legs and (laughs) fell straight over. (laughs) This device, I mean, this torture device. It was uh, an amazing experience. A Halloween costume for your dog. Yes, he's had a Halloween costume. Do you remember I, what it was? I uh, dressed him up as a Walter White. <laughs> <laughs> I called him Heisenbark. Oh, my God. There we go. Okay, I feel cool. like I vaguely, now that you say that, I'm like, I feel like I can picture this. Little I feel hat. like I must have seen, yeah, the oh, hat. <laughs> do you groom your dog casually like like pick his fleas or like braid his hair or like comb his hair with your fingers yes definitely he, his hair <laughs> it gets kind of matted sometimes so i like break it apart uh-huh I'll comb him a lot yeah so okay nice man off. check to all of these so far <laughs> many nicknames multiple oh, man it's, it's never <laughs> a never-ending list like <laughs> often i'll just call him a random food like oh my little ravioli my little sweet potato Aww. my little dumplings shit like that <laughs> adorable do you you pick him up for no good reason i know that already because you just oh, did it <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like what <laughs> why <laughs> can you not just talk to me while i'm down here no you have to okay <laughs> oh do you have a voice for him yeah. Okay. It's hard to not have a voice. It's like talking to a yeah. baby, you know? Right. Yeah. You see a baby, you're like, hello, sir. <laughs> How do you well, do? Well, okay. So you make a different voice when you talk to him. Do you also create a voice for him to respond to you? Yeah, I've done that too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Oh my gosh. Okay. D- this one, I don't think, but I, but I don't know has his own Instagram. Yes, but it's not active. I forgot about it. So oh, okay. <laughs> I did nothing with it. Yeah, okay. So that's, but what I think is happening with you is that you actually love your dog even more than people who have Instagram accounts for their pets because you are will put all of those pictures of him on your own personal account. You do not care about alienating anybody. Oh, does someone not want to see a picture of a dog? I don't give a shit. You're You're like, fuck fuck you. (laughs) Little sidebar, because since we're talking about reality TV, there was this one show where they take these rescue dogs and they train them to be, uh, you know, service dogs. Okay. And uh, there was this one guy, he was like a deaf comedian. And he's like popular on Instagram or whatever. And they train him. They train the dog. They didn't train the deaf comedian. They trained the dog (laughs) (laughs) to assist him or whatever. I was like, oh, that's cute. And I looked up the comedian. That dog is nowhere to be found on his page anywhere. I'm like, where's the dog? Is that a real dog? (laughs) Did you keep that dog? What the fuck? Yeah. So many questions. Like, Was that even real? Yeah. What the hell, dude? I wonder. And of course, like, even if you don't really want that, you're like, well, it'll be exposure. I'm a comedian. I'll get out there. They'll give me the dog. And then, yeah, that's, that's fucked up. I, um, I used to have a client with a service dog and he would always bring him into appointments Mm -hmm. and it's like, the cutest little dog I've ever seen in my fucking life. I didn't even know a service dog could be like tiny, but he was little and he would just walk around the office. And he was so cute. But like, if the guy was like going to have a seizure or something, the dog would start spinning in circles. Um, and he did that even with like a stranger once he was out and knew that this guy was having, I think the guy actually ended up having like um, a stroke or a heart attack or something, but the dog just started spinning in circles, which is, cute but also alarming i guess when you know what it means <laughs> oh call the paramedics <laughs> yeah but that was that was an amazing experience where i was like this dog is at work right now like that's and he never he's never off the clock it's just these service dogs 24 hours a day they're yeah. working 
that's cute. They never get a chance to unwind. Sad. They do need a union or something, but <laughs> adorable. Clock out. <laughs> do you show strangers photos or tell anecdotes about your dog to strangers where you're like, oh my God, my dog did the funniest thing today? <laughs> yes. A million times. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Do you ever see people like losing interest and you're like, I don't care. I'm going to continue <laughs> talking about him. <laughs> I hope I... Maybe I'm not noticing it. <laughs> I'm just, you know, they better be interested. <laughs> I've definitely done that before with my cats. So I'll just keep going. I'm like, I see the light in your eyes fading. I do not care. <laughs> I'm telling you about the cute thing my cat did. We once tried to write a story together. I don't know what it was. Yeah. It was some sort of script situation right. that that was actually so fun to yeah. me. It was like very intimidating initially because I'm like, can I be reliable and actually write something? And then having someone else see what you've written. And then and it, I also thought it was really challenging because the way we did it, it would be like you wrote five pages or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I would write and then you would write. So it wasn't like it was a collaboration in an interesting way. We didn't talk right. about the plan or the story or anything. Exactly. Uh, an exquisite corpse kind of thing, I guess they call it. Like you just oh, okay. take off where I left off and vice versa with no okay, planning. Okay, see, I don't know the names for this. Yep. <laughs> that was fun. That, that was very, uh, I think I dropped the ball on that one. I forgot to continue. <laughs> I definitely want to finish that one day. Yeah, that would be cool. Because it was, I don't know, it was such an interesting exercise to have to to go like, you, of course, start with some idea in your head. When you take over, you go, okay, well, maybe this would be the way we go with it. And then the other person takes over and they have their own idea. So then you get it back and you go, okay. And then you have to figure out how to use what they added to make yeah. probably and go in a new direction. Because most likely it's like, you know, it usually would branch off into something else. So it was just like, yeah, I thought that was a really cool exercise. And the story was, I think you you started it off, right? Yeah. It was about a guy whose dog died. Yeah. And then uh, he he prays for a miracle and like God resurrects his dog. <laughs> yes. That was amazing. <laughs> and then I was like, your turn. What happens next? <laughs> And then I don't remember what happened at all. I think it was just like, maybe like, how do we handle telling people that our dog is alive? Because they had like some, like an elaborate funeral for the dog. So everyone knew that it died. So it's like kind of hard to go, oh, it's alive now. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember it like that you (laughs) cut to like where we think is heaven. Right. You (laughs) described this white office just white chairs white you know a desk and this guy dressed in all white just beautiful pristine location and then you have the guy start talking and he's just like a total like (laughs) trashy piece of shit (laughs) he's just like talking the phone he's like oh word (laughs) he's just like really out there and it he ends up being the devil right right yeah i believe that was was like the most beautiful man or something like that yes he's like obsessed with his looks yes (laughs) oh my gosh it was so hilarious just that build up to like this completely unexpected personality (laughs) you had a character i think it was Luis Guzman I don't even think it was a character I think you said it literally was him but I don't remember <laughs> what he did it Man. he was like oh it was something like maybe that character the god or, or devil character took over his body I think I, I was... really have to read it again I'm probably gonna read it right after this <laughs> yeah I know I hope I still have it somewhere too I just, yeah, it was always so funny or whatever you would contribute was always totally unexpected and hilarious. So we are also both very into like Earwolf and comedy podcasts. Do you still listen to podcasts? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. And you still listen to the Earwolf ones? Yeah, I listen. I always listen to Comedy Bang Bang. 
for sure. That's been like constant. And uh, how did this get made? I'll listen to that. And uh, the other ones I'll go on and off with, but yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I think maybe it's when I started working or something and I like couldn't listen to the podcast anymore, like the way that I used to. So it, it just became difficult to um, fit them in. So now I listen, if I ever get to drive anywhere now, which right. is rare during the pandemic or when I'm like getting dressed in the morning, then I listen to podcasts, but then that gives me like such limited time that I really only listen to why won't you date me? And sometimes the Nikki Glazer podcast, just totally new ones that I never listened to before. That's all I listen to now. Um, I haven't listened to comedy bang bang in like years and I really don't know why, but improv for humans was my favorite for a while. Did you ever listen to that one? Oh yeah, definitely. I, uh, love Matt Besser and UCB and all that. So I definitely listen to, I was about to say watch, listen to uh, Improv for Humans a lot. I think that was one of the first ones I, I started listening to. I know for sure the first podcast I listened to was uh, the Pod F. Tomcast. Oh, uh, really? I was a big uh, Paul F. Tompkins fan. And then he talked about doing that podcast. So I started listening to that. And then... Like a lot of people, Paul F. Tompkins was my gateway drug to other podcasts. He's <laughs> on a million other podcasts. Yeah. So you've done that thing, like searching for anything that Paul F. Tompkins was on? Indeed, yes. Yeah. Oh, he's on something called Comedy Bang Bang. And when That's you first started cool. listening to Comedy Bang Bang, were you like aware of the level of bullshit of it like that it was all like a joke or did you get sucked into anything like is that real is there sincerity in this i think i like in the beginning i didn't get scott i'm like what is up with this guy <laughs> totally <laughs> but then after a while you you get to understand you know like he's just being completely facetious the whole time and yeah sometimes he seems like an asshole <laughs> yes absolutely I think like that's even come across with some of the guests before, like Mike Birbiglia. It seemed like when he was on initially, it really didn't go well because he didn't understand kind of the humor of the show. Right. And I, I know they've had a couple guests that, that come across that way where they really are like, wow, Scott's a total dick or whatever. Right. But yeah, you gotta, you gotta get used to him. I know. I remember the first episode I listened to it. I think it was called like celebrities alive or dead. And they would just name someone and have the have them guess. And they said French Stewart. And the guest was like, he's alive. And Scott's like, no, he's actually dead. He died of autoerotic asphyxiation. And that just sounded so possible to me. I was like, holy shit, really? Wow. And I Googled it and was like, okay, so this show is just, they just are joking constantly. Okay. Because right. he did not die. <laughs> but yeah, so that really gave me a good introduction. Um, and then I felt guilty because I recommended an episode to someone later. And they, it was one with Marissa Wampler. And <laughs> so the person was like, wow, I love this 15 year old girl. She is so smart. <laughs> She's so funny. And I was like, uh, um, <laughs> I guess I should have warned you. Nobody on, on there is who they say they are. <laughs> that show's really fun, though. I actually did listen to an episode a while ago with um, Andrew. What the fuck is his name? Drew Tarver. Drew oh, Tarver. Drew Tarver, okay. And he was singing a song. Yes. <laughs> Oh my God, love Jim or something. Right. <laughs> and it was so fucking funny. I was like crying while I was driving. Like, right. you know, when that happens when you're listening to a podcast and you're like, this is unsafe. Right. <laughs> I would usually listen on the bus. So like, you definitely look like an insane person when you're like <laughs> trying to stifle tears and like <laughs> you're like what is going on with you i always think too like if someone sees you listening to something and having that much fun mm. how are they not asking you like what is this what's going on 
Yeah, don't you want this joy in your life too? Come on. <laughs> ask me for a recommendation. I have so many things to say. So I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Have a little like quiz situation with Comedy Bang Bang. Okay. Okay. Who is the best Andy Daly character? Who is your favorite Andy Daly character? Ooh, best Andy Daly character. Okay, let, let me think of all them first. We got Cactus Tony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, it's hard to remember that. Actually, I'm going to say uh, uh, Dalton Wilcox. Is that the name right? Yeah. The cowboy Laureate of the West. Yes. And just, I love the running joke of him basically just murdering innocent people <laughs> are, are monsters. <laughs> yes. I think that's gotta be my favorite too. And so do you listen to, well, first it was the Andy Daly pilot podcast project yeah. or whatever. And then now I think it's just a Dalton Wilcox show. Is that right? I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I listened to the, the pilot podcast one. He has one now that's uh bananas for bonanza or something yeah. like that i haven't listened to it yet but i definitely will i haven't listened to that one yet either i get um i have a hard time like jumping to new technology so i if something is like only available on stitcher or you have to pay for it or there's a oh, patreon right, involved yeah. I'm like, I don't even know what you're supposed to do to get those podcasts. Oh I, whatever. I'll, if I get desperate in y a couple years, I'll start listening to them. So I don't know. It's like kind of a lame thing. It's like, I, it also took me a while to switch from MySpace to Facebook. I was like, why are we doing this? Right, Can same. we wait? <laughs> and I still think MySpace was better. Indeed. I was just having <laughs> this conversation. I'm like, I tried to warn you guys. <laughs> <laughs> You Nobody insisted. would listen to me. <laughs> no, come on, Jeff. Come on. I'm like, no. And it's weird that people have stayed on Facebook this long, that it hasn't like something else hasn't replaced it. Right. I mean, Instagram like a little bit, but people are still generally on mm -hmm. Facebook too. And I, why? I think the Zook, he just eliminates all competition. I think that's what happens. Yeah, I think so. Probably buys out all, you know, new upstarts or whatever. That's true. And I just wish they wouldn't sell. Like, I understand you're like, it's a business move, but can we not, do we need Facebook to own everything? Just stand your fucking ground. All right. Come on. Okay. Best PFT character. Mm, this, this is a very hard one. Uh, best PFT character. Cake Boss is classic, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving, uh, he does Alimony Tony now. Oh. Have you heard that one? No. His whole hook is he's just a guy that he loves to pay alimony. So he gets he gets married <laughs> and gets divorced so he can pay alimony because he loves oh paying alimony. Oh my god. But I love I I loved when he did iced tea back in the day. Yes. Forgot about that. Ice tea pyramid scheme where he's literally selling pyramids for people's backyards to <laughs> <laughs> put their stuff in. Yeah, I mean, really, instead of a shed, get a pyramid. Why not? Yeah. I think um, Santa is one of his best. I don't know how mm -hmm. that Santa character is just amazing. And then my favorite, I think, is Alan Thicke. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. It's so fucking just the way that he makes those noises. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's hilarious every time. One of, one of the things I love too about PFT in general as characters like he's always combative with scott like he's the one yes. that picks up on scott's assholishness and challenges his obtuseness all the time and i just yes. love that dynamic paul is really good at that sort of confrontation like using confrontation as humor mm -hmm. did you ever listen to comedy and everything else it's a really old podcast that had todd glass and jimmy Dore and I think Stephanie's I did. Sounds familiar. So that was I the first podcast that I remember really loving, and it was it's just so good. And there was a part when one episode when Paula Tompkins was on, for some reason, like Stephanie was the the nice host, mm -hmm. and so anytime she would talk, he would just say "shut up." 
<laughs> I just like told her to shut up so many times and it was like hilarious. Like, I don't know. He just always knows how to create these amazing bits out of nothing. Very uh, Todd Glass, another yeah. person who's very good at that too. Like, I can't listen to the Todd Glass show generally. It's way too long. Yeah, it's crazy. But when I do listen, it's like, the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'll usually skip like the first like 20 or so minutes when he brings the guests on. Yeah, that's a good way to go. I think most podcasts that have that portion where they talk a lot before the guest, it usually is disappointing. Like, but like, um, well, that's not always true, but never not funny is one that does that. Do you ever listen to that? Yeah. They have just Jimmy Pardo and then like Matt Belknap and whoever else the other guys are in studio who are so boring. The people that he has with him are so boring. And then they just talk for like truly like 30 to 45 minutes without the guest. And it's like, fuck, dude. What are we doing here? Yeah, what are we doing? Do a show. Do a show. (laughs) Yes. You can do this off the clock. You guys are just hanging out right now. Yes. Best James Adomian character. James Adomian? Oh, man. Um, what was the guy? Huel Hauser? Oh, <laughs> yes. So good. Wow. Now, what is that? <laughs> California Gold. So hilarious. I, I also love... Tom, Tom, Tom. Oh yeah, Tom Likas. <laughs> what, what I would love when Tom Likas is on is when like when there's a female guest too, and then the female guest will play into like the thinking he he's attractive. Him. Yeah. Oh my god, yes, so funny. It's just like he's actually charming. Like he's being like a disgusting piece of shit. <laughs> That's so good. Who is more annoying, Little Gary? Or Bill Cosby Bukowski. Oh man, <laughs> Little Gary. <laughs> Little Gary is just hard to listen to for an extended period of time. Yeah, I think maybe if he didn't have that voice, he right. wouldn't be more annoying. But with the voice, it's like, oh, I can't, <laughs> I can't okay. listen to this. Got to turn down your volume. Okay, let's. Yeah, let's right. tone it down, dude. Which is better, Solo Bolo, Parks and Rec, uh, farts, farts and procreation? Sorry, or which which recurring ep- episode series okay. is your favorite? Those or any any other that you can think of? Time Bobby or uh, Farts and Procreation? Uh, definitely Harris Whittles R.I.P. But those mm-hmm. were like, I laughed so hard at those episodes. Yes, remember I did um some tribute art of Harris and uh, Adam Scott as like their characters. Yes. And like Harris had actually, you know, messaging me like, Hey, this is so great. I showed Adam. He loves it. I was like, Oh, shucks. That is so fucking cool. The solo bolos. Like I love uh, Scott and um, Ben Schwartz together, but like I'm one of those fans that is not that into the singing, the extended singing. So I will kind of fast forward that a little bit. I'm like, okay. I think they did like a marathon, like singing the last one they did, where it went on for like 15 minutes. And I, I kept fast forward, fast forward. They're still going fast forward, fast forward. I'm like, oh God. No part of me wants that. I, I have a hard time just in general with with musical things. I think it's, it's not, uh, not something that reels me in a lot. Not for, like you said, an, an extended period. That's. Did you read Humblebrag? No, I haven't read that book. You should read it. It's really yeah. funny. Like Harris is added, like already the tweets he's making fun of are great, but the added commentary he adds, it's just always perfect. Like he really was so good at coming up with the, just the perfect thing to say. I don't know. He was always just like one of my favorite people ever he's just like so talented and so endearing and I think everyone kind of felt that way about him for the most part but yeah I want to get like that um there's one tweet where he says uh wheat thins call me when they're wheat thicks give me that wheat 
Yes. <laughs> and I want to get that frame to put on my wall because that just makes me laugh every time. <laughs> yeah, that's an awesome idea. I love that. Have you read his uh, sister's book? No, but I, I do listen to her podcast. That's really, really good. But it's, I mean, it's not like she talks about him a ton. It's just about other people with drug addiction and, you know still not understanding the treatment or why he was addicted to drugs. Like she does, I guess, have guests on sometimes and she'll ask them like, you know, if Harris had like a happy childhood, like why did he get addicted to drugs and why, you know, just still wanting answers. Um, did you read her book? Yeah, I have the book. It, it's really touching and uh, it's heavy, obviously. Yeah. But uh, I really like, I found it uh, oddly uplifting, you know, towards the end. So I give it a recommend. Yeah, I'll have to read that. I sometimes have a hard time with things that I know will be like too emotional. Like remember how right after Harris died, they released the final Farts and Pro episode? Right. Oh, <laughs> I never, I've still never listened to that. I was just like, that's, I can't handle this. <laughs> like, I don't, I was truly devastated when he died. It was like a friend died. I was like sobbing. I seriously like couldn't believe how just devastated I was by that. And it was weird when Harris died because like when these bigger celebrities is like, it feels more communal, but it's like, he's just a small podcast guy. None of my other friends know about, nobody at work knows about it, And I'm just bummed out like, man. Yeah. You guys don't even know. I know. <laughs> we lost the real one. <laughs> like this um, comedy writer. I don't know how to, he's on podcast. I don't know how to describe his relationship to me, but there is one. <laughs> he wrote these really funny tweets that I laughed at really hard. And... and he was just so sincere. I think that was like one of my favorite things about him where sometimes when someone would be like a little mean in like a jokey way, even like Scott he would react with sincerity often and just be like, God, right. why, you know, he's like, I don't know. He had such a special <laughs> way about him. But I think like having learned that he had like an injury where he had to take opiates and then got addicted to them. And that's what led to like using heroin and having that addiction. I'm like, Oh, that's why it's not because like, because there was someone on Stephanie Wells podcast who said like you know he probably did have trauma and you just don't know because all addicts have trauma and that's just not true whatever you can call yourself an expert yeah. it's not true sometimes someone is just prescribed something and it hits them the right way like certain drugs yeah. just really fit with people's brains and i think for him that's what happened that's a very common thing if you if it starts out because of an injury and a need to take it very common for it to turn to an addiction. Even in people you totally wouldn't expect, like, because I used to be a, a drug counselor, and some of the people, it was like older ladies who were like totally like nothing about them would make you think they'd be addicted to something, but it started with like a surgery. So that was really sad to learn too that a lot of it probably just came from that need to take them for a while that he couldn't shake. And then it seemed like he had a real self-sabotage thing going on too. Cause I, did you listen to that episode of um, you made it weird where he talked about start like doing heroin? Yeah. So it sounded like he knew, you know, he knew that was a terrible idea and he like needed to do it. He like really yeah. like, I want to, try this. I want to venture out, even though he really had enough money to keep using pills. Cause that's why a lot of people don't stick to the pills. They're like way more expensive. So I don't know. I think he definitely had that like self-sabotage streak too. The, the book does go into a lot of that stuff is opioids. And then I guess he was just a person just open to think too open to things. You know what I mean? That's true. Cause he did have like a lot mm -hmm. of confidence he always was well liked and had a lot of friends and girls liked him so just a lot of belief in yourself which doesn't sound bad but I know for me I was around drugs a lot when I was like very young from going out with my cousin who was much older and everyone she was around was using drugs I was always offered drugs and a lot of the reason I said no was because of insecurity it's because I was like shy and like I'll look stupid if I do cocaine wrong so like that sort of saved me. So if you don't have that insecurity, you might be like, hey, sounds fun. We all need a little insecurity and anxiety. 
Cause a little I, bit. <laughs> just a little bit. They poured me too much, but you know. Right. <laughs> like at this point I get scared. I'm going to get bit by a snake. If I like cross through the mall parking lot where they have like bushes, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's like too much anxiety, but I think enough anxiety <laughs> to keep you from trying heroin. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have anxiety and like, uh, what's called pure O. And so it's like OCD without the rituals and stuff like that. Just like obsessive thoughts, really. So I'll like think of every bad thing that could happen in my brain. So that's why I've never done drugs. I'm like, no, I, I read Ask Alice. I'm going to get strung <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be in an alley. <laughs> Sucking dicks, all of that. Like, no. Isn't that the book that says, like, this is just a girl's diary that we found? It's anonymous, but it's real. And you're like, I don't think this is real. I think Nancy Reagan wrote this or something. I bought it. I was like a teenager and I read that. I'm like, what? She wrote all of this down? (laughs) Have you no shame, Alice? Wow. Well, that does it. Don't do drugs. (laughs) <laughs> what happened to Alice? It's, it's all documented right here in this real diary. It is. I mean, even if that particular diary isn't true, we know that stuff is true. Do you ever watch Intervention? Oh, yeah. I used to watch that back in the day. I mean, that is a common story. People will turn to prostitution to make money to support their drug habit. So it definitely can lead to to that sort of desperation. That's why I think it's it's sad whenever people view it as either a choice or some sort of like personality defect when people are like, Oh, he chose drugs over his family or that kind of stuff where I go, not really, because who would make that choice? Like, do you understand? No one would make that choice. (laughs) You know what compulsion means? (laughs) Right. I mean, kids can be annoying. Don't get me wrong. They can be annoying. Mm, my children, drugs. Mm. I feel better with drugs. <laughs> Nothing is as good as a child's hug. Hold on a minute. Hear me out. <laughs> what I think is really interesting is that like hallucinogens are not addictive. Like what? I don't know. I'm sure there's some chemical, biological reason, but like, I just think that's interesting that someone, I mean, there are people who do a shitload of them, but I don't think you're ever like addicted to them. Since I'm like, you know, one of the sober people in my friends group, uh, I'm always like the person that watches and makes sure that everybody's safe when they're doing drugs. <laughs> so I, I had this one time when uh, a couple of my friends, I think it was called Salvia they did or something like that. And uh, like my first friend, he took it and he just started giggling obsessively. <laughs> just, we had to like hold him down because he was getting all unruly. And then when he came out of it, he told us, like, he visualized, like, the floor turned into hands, and it was just hands everywhere, and they were all tickling him, so that's why he was tickling. (laughs) (laughs) Then my other friend, he, he did it, and then he was just completely still. He didn't do anything. And then afterwards, we asked him, like, what were you experiencing? He said he was a molecule on a button on a t-shirt wow see kids can't give you that experience right you want me to hug a kid <laughs> come, on, come on it doesn't compare you can't <laughs> so you get to kind of know you're like okay that's what drugs are like all right <laughs> i got it you want to try it jeff like uh, i'm probably gonna freak out and see demons so you know I'm okay Yes, that always scared me. I had because my cousin would always do drugs. She was she was more confident. So she would do whatever drugs. And whenever she did mushrooms, she did it a a couple of times. And every time she'd go, Oh, my God, I thought like I was in hell, it would always be the worst experience. She was like, (laughs) I was taking a shower. And then the water got really hot. So I thought I was in hell. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. That does not sound fun. No, why are we taking a risk? And then so when she'd keep doing it, even if she had bad experiences, I was like, you have some sort of special resilience. <laughs> you have that much like drive to do drugs, even when it's not fun at all for you. So you've never drank or smoked or done any drugs or anything? I, I will drink a little bit socially. Basically, like if I go on a date or something and like want to get some drinks, I'm not going to be like, no. I'm like, whatever. I'll drink a beer. So I don't seem like a square, (laughs) that type of thing. But other than that, no, not really. I don't really. 
partake. I don't drink at all. I haven't drank in like 10 years or more. Not like alcohol thing. I just don't really care. Doesn't pull me. And I don't like feeling, I don't like that feeling of being drunk or even buzzed. I just don't care for it. Right. I always feel like I'm killing brain cells. It just makes me feel like, what am I doing? I want to be in this state of mind the whole time. I (laughs) I want you to start going on dates and ordering like a Shirley Temple (laughs) being like, do you have a virgin daiquiri? (laughs) One juice, please. (laughs) One Capri Sun. Do you have it in the back there? (laughs) Pour it in a wine glass, please. The star broke. (laughs) If there's anything that you really like band you're listening to, a book you've read, a TV show you watch, anything that you would want to recommend to people? Sure. Uh, there's a, a band I like. It's basically just one guy. His name is Michael Lovett, but his music project is called Nazca Lines. It's spelled N-Z-C-A Lines. Put out a new album. I've been uh, enjoying that. What kind of music? Uh, it's very uh, much like synth heavy. And uh, the newest album is kind of a lot of a disco inspired. And so it's, it's fun. So like dancey type stuff? Yeah. Cool. 